This show is brought to you by the Genesis Communications Network, a world leader in talk radio since 1998. Visit GCNlive.com today. Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we have a lot of good stuff to present to you with John Martellero of the Mac Observer, and we'll also hear from Kirk McElhern. He is the iTunes guy from Macworld. All this and more. On the Tech Night Out Live. John Martellaro of the Mac Observer starts us up today. Sounds like a song from the Rolling Stones. That cool. You and, that you and I might remember, but most people don't. In any case, we have a long, long agenda, and we might as well take a look at but it. But a fun one. Yes, a fun, long agenda. First on the agenda, you thought the iPhone is just a cute telephone with the internet? Wrong. Why are we wrong, John? Well, I saw some reactions uh, after WWDC. There was a session in the Worldwide Developer Conference where Apple was gleeful. I believe it was Craig Federici gleefully demonstrating emojis, 3X emojis, additions to the message app, augmentation, ways to communicate more visually. We spent quite a lot of time on it, and they were very enthusiastic. And here and there, I saw some sour comments about how this really wasn't adult stuff. You know, I'm one of those people. I don't care about all those features. I've played with them, but I don't care. A lot of my readers didn't care, and they tend to think of their iPhone as this Unix-based telephone that has you know music player and messaging but they were a little off put by the emphasis apple on the messaging then it all came home when i saw a article about teenagers their social media usage the psychology of young people they're using their iphones in a very different way fundamentally different than uh, many adults use uh, older adults use their phones And they're online a lot. Uh, They spend up to 11 hours a day staring at a screen. I mean, you can hardly see a teenager doing anything anywhere but sitting and staring at a phone even when they're walking along the street. Uh, They're in endless communication with each other uh, on Facebook or Kick or Snapchat. This is a very strong market for Apple. And Apple's iPhones are very popular amongst teenagers, more popular than than, say, Android phones. Android has a bigger market share, but not amongst American teenagers. And so I started looking at this article and seeing some of the results of the Pew Research Center. And it dawned on me that that Apple is very sensitive to these markets. And their engineers, I'm sure, have kids. And Apple has this special ability to tap into the mainstream and mindstream of their young users. It's in contrast to some people who 
I've run across who say, well, you know, I'm perfectly happy with my iPhone 4S. I can, I can call my daughter at college with it. And the, this is a different sphere. It's a different environment. And so I wrote about how you have to think about this when you're watching Apple doing its iOS development. Every June at WWDC, there's a new version of iOS. Well, there are technical advances and there's enhanced security and there are uh, new features that make using the iPhone more convenient. The iPhone fundamentally has to enable and work with and accentuate services like Apple Music and Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat and Pinterest and Spotify and Tinder and Vine and maybe even a little Twitter, although it's not that popular with teenagers I've heard. There are other messaging systems that they like. And WhatsApp is more popular in Europe, I've heard, than the United States, so that's why I didn't bring that up. But anyway, it just kind of like the bingo light came on, and I went, ah, this is why Apple was doing what they were doing at WWDC. And despite the deep, geeky stuff that goes on in iOS in terms of frameworks and security and the facility beneath the scenes and in iOS to operate the phone for, you know, some some special purposes like VPN and operation with Exchange Server and so on. There, You have to remember that what Apple's going to focus on at the WWDC keynote, which everybody watches because it's free and it's on Apple TV and it's on your MacBook and it's on Windows if you have the right browser. That's where the action is and that's where Apple's going to focus. That doesn't mean that they're not doing all the other things that they need to do with the iPhone in terms of the grown-up stuff and the security and and improving the things that we all write about and have annoyed us for a long time. It just means that when you get an opportunity to be in the public eye, you're going to certify yourself with your big teenager audience. So that was the gist of the article. And And I had one reader who said, you know, John, I never thought about that. I was kind of put off by the WWDC keynote, but you're right. You know, that's what Apple's up to. You know, I am not denying that. I assume, obviously, they have a target audience. They didn't just do it for me because if they were looking at me as a target audience, I'm too old and I'm too poor, so I'm not the right person. But I assume in this particular case that they have a valid reason in terms of marketing that they have an audience that wants all this stuff. But I'm saying that's fine. It doesn't bother me. I just don't care. Sure. But you're obviously, on that you're designing a product here that is going to serve the needs of a billion users, counting all activated devices, you've got to look at the various features and how they impact certain categories, certain demographics. Sure. And one of the reasons why young people like the iPhone so much is because there's a certain cachet about it. There's a certain quality of the iPhone. There's a certain in-group. It's 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 the best. It's, Apple has a, has a great marketing engine and and young people sort of get on that wavelength and, and talk to their friends and, and, and influence each other. And, and one of the things that Apple does to feed that, I won't say frenzy, but enthusiasm, is what they do in public at these presentations. It's just part of adding fuel to the fire, certifying what they do. And, you know, we, we wish sometimes they would certify the professional side of things to us a little more. We'll get into that later. At least in this case, they are certifying themselves to the teenagers and they look, here we are, we're paying attention. We're on your wavelength. We're giving you all these new facilities for messaging. Well, you know, I have to think in terms of target audience, what 
would my son be interested in? But he's too old. He's already 30. So he's not the target audience for anything either. Oh, well. It's amazing how broad the audience can be in terms of how you use the phone. It's such a rich environment, and iOS is so sophisticated and so broad that just about any target group can get in there, dig in, download the apps they need, and do what they need to do. Okay, so that's iOS 10 and also macOS Sierra. They both have enhanced messages with all sorts of GWiz features that will keep you sending messages 24 hours a day. You will never sleep. You will only send messages. You will only receive messages. That's it. Your schoolwork, forget about. Just send messages. I won't even get into the academic part of it. Uh, My wife teaches programming. Every day she tells me about experiences with her students, how sometimes they're poorly equipped. For example, um, she teaches an introductory class in the Python scripting language. And programming and scripting is about algorithms. It's about logic. It's about variables. And if you haven't had algebra, you're very poorly equipped to understand the idea of a variable. And students who haven't had any algebra before they take the introduction to Python struggle greatly. And so the social aspect of spending a lot of time communicating, I'm sure, gives a lot of people pause who think that, my goodness, if you spent six hours a day learning mathematics, where would you be when you graduated from high school? You'd be ready to ace your GRE and get a scholarship to college and so on. So there is that social aspect that gives one pause um, in general. But there are always the exceptional students who you know, know better and uh, focus. We have some people who think they know better who want to talk to you. We'll give them a chance. We have <laughs> John Martellaro of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. 
Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. You've been hearing Dr. Wallach talking about 90 essential nutrients, keeping the body healthy. GCNteam.com now has Beyond Tangy Tangerine tablets, 60 plant-derived minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, packed in a powerful tablet. But that's not it. 160,000 auric points, a knockout punch to free radicals. Call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. That's 877-878-4203. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. So you've got to take a state construction license exam or certification. Can't decide on what books or what chapters to study? Discover right now how you can eliminate unnecessary books and wasted study time. At ContractorExam.com, our study materials zero in on state-required test topics in an effective, multiple-choice format. So whether you're a plumber, electrician, general contractor, or other construction-related trade, ContractorExam.com will help get you prepared. Visit us at www.ContractorExam.com today. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. We offer a special feature of the show. It's called Tech Night Owl Plus. And the way it works is this. For a modest monthly annual five-year or lifetime subscription, we give you a commercial-free version of the show with better quality audio. More features coming. Plus.technightowl.com. P-L-U-S.technightowl.com. With John Martellaro, we were talking about the G-Wiz aspect of iOS and macOS Sierra like messages, is now, wow, all those great fancy features that kids will dig. But let's talk about something else here. There have been rumors about what the next iPhone, presumably the iPhone 7, is going to have. Of course, when it comes to rumors, we don't know. But as you get closer and closer to when a product is going to be released from Apple, often there are enough leaks, deliberate or otherwise, you get a picture of it. Yeah, we get a critical mass of leaks, and then we think we know. Well, do we think we know yet in early July? The one thing we do know is, is there's not going to be a three and a half millimeter analog headphone jack. That I think we know. And that's 
been multiple source tenants come from the Wall Street Journal, which look, looks like one of those intentional leaks, and we've got supply chain rumors. And I think there's enough critical mass there to conclude that that's what's happening. And that's been a source of bitter controversy. There are, there are people who say this is just offensive and rude by Apple because the three and a half millimeter headphone jack is is intrinsic part of our lives and so many of us have headphones that use that technique and having to fuss with a dongle is just going to be a, a real pain. There are other people who are saying, you know, look, we can move forward. We can do more things with digital audio. We can waterproof the phone, which competitors to Apple are making a big deal out of the waterproofness. So there is that controversy. I have been watching it. And while I'm not particularly enthusiastic about using uh, a dongle for my regular headphones. I don't listen to music that much on my phone. I, I tend to be server-based and listen to music from my Mac through really good speakers so that I don't have anything on my head while I'm writing and thinking. So for me, you know, I'm not real concerned about it. And I suspect that there are unknown advantages coming our way with that technique, better sound, better digital sound. There's been some concerns that maybe this would be an inroad uh, pressure from from music uh, labels to you know reintroduce DRM digitally, sort of like an HDCP like TVs have. I don't really think that's a big concern. I think we're over that now. Streaming music is is so hot that um, you know I don't see it as a big issue. So. That's that's the one thing I think we know. Uh, I haven't heard a whole lot lately about inductive charging. It seems to have dropped off the radar. I don't know if that's going to be in an iPhone 7. We're pretty certain that it's not going to have an OLED display. And that appears to be lined up for the 10th anniversary iPhone. And speaking of 10th anniversary... It would be kind of weird for Apple to go from iPhone 7 this year to iPhone 7S next year on the 10th anniversary. So I've taken the liberty, and others have too, of referring to the 2017 iPhone as the iPhone 8 to signify a quantum jump in the 10th anniversary phone. Maybe a wraparound, maybe a full glass enclosure, Maybe OLED display, maybe the, the glass enclosure, tough glass would make it uh, easier to do inductive charging because it's hard to do inductive charging through metal, very hard. So um, that's why I'm calling an iPhone 8 and other people are doing it as well. But the thing is, if you listen to a lot of authors, you know they get so uptight about this headphone jack and the fact that Apple's holding off some of these, I'm mean, not holding off, but constrained technically to introduce some new things until the next version beyond 2016's phone. I, I've seen a whole lot of articles that say, well, this is a yawner. That specific wording has been used. You don't want to pass on this phone. And I'm thinking, mm, I don't think so. Part of the problem is also is that when some tech pundits state this nonsense, that's nonsense. Yeah. They think, well, you're going to upgrade this phone every year. They don't realize that people tend to buy new phones every two years. And I think it's moving closer to closer to three years now. So whatever you get, 
if there's a normal range of improvements, is going to be a quantum leap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to flow with the technology timeline. I wrote an article on June 29th about why I'll be buying a new iPhone 7. And I started off with an introduction to the idea of toys. And toy is often used as a derogatory term. You know, if you're messing around with a toy, you're wasting your time. But in fact, the legacy and the, and the psychology of toys is a good one. Children play with toys for a very good reason. And it's a learning experience. It's, it's creative play. And adults continue the process. You know, skis are, are toys. Tennis rackets are toys. iPhones are toys. In the sense that it provides a learning experience and, and provides a, a sense of creative fun and personal development and connection. And so one of the subtitles of my article was, don't mess with my toys. You know, you, you, if, you, if you have the means and you want an iPhone 7, it's going to be better than, than the iPhone 6S. If you want it, get it. Don't let some website tell you with a sourpuss attitude, oh, no, this is a yawn or you're not going to want this. I think what it does is it cashes in on some fear. There are emotions in, in the Apple world. We fear that Apple's fumbling. We feel that iPhone sales are, are slowing down, and they are. We fear that Apple somehow has lost its ability to innovate. They haven't. But there's always these lingering concerns about Apple as our hero, just like we have lingering concerns about whether our favorite movie star you know, marries the right person or not. Websites and authors have learned how to cash in on that fear with dramatic headlines. You know, I'm and, thinking of a song lyric as you talk. Yeah? If you want it, here it is, come and get it. Oh, yeah. Make your yeah. mind up fast. No, it's, anyway. it's, I call it a false authority. You know, there's, there's no good thing that can come out of having a negative approach and saying, oh, Apple's screwing up, the iPhone 7 is going to be a yawner, don't waste your time. It's a false authority. I, when I read an article like that, I go, who the heck are you? Did I hear you say that there must be a catch? Will you walk away from a fool and his money? <laughs> Sonny. Okay, trivia, okay? I'm not even trying to sing it because I can't. Trivia. Okay, we know the song. We heard it. All right? Come and get it. Who wrote it and who sang it? Uh, you know, I recognize the lyrics, but I was, I was tied up during those years with my And studies. what movie was it in and who were the stars? I have no, I have no clue. I'm sorry. I'll I tell you what, you ladies and gentlemen, think about this. We can't give away a prize. We have no mechanism for that. I'll tell you in our next segment. We have John Martellaro of the Mac Observer. We're stumping him with silly trivia. This is the Not Silly Tech Night Out Live with Gene Steinberg. <laughs> you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. There is an affordable alternative to the high cost of health care that offers freedom from insurance while providing compliance with the Obamacare individual mandate. Imagine having access to quality, affordable health care that allows you the freedom to choose your doctor and hospital. Members can share up to 100% of necessary medical expenses, including some alternative treatments. Find out how you and your family can contain health care costs without giving up your freedom. Go to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. 
Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. I'm Nick Soboleski, a select quote agent with a true story that could save you hundreds of dollars a year. A woman named Linda just called. Her husband, Ray, has a $300,000 group life insurance policy, but is changing jobs and can't take it with him. Well, I impartially shot the highly rated term life insurance companies we represent and found Ray, who is 41 and takes medication to control his cholesterol, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $26 a month. That's almost twice the coverage for less than half of what he had paid. If SelectQuote hasn't shopped for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 1-800-403-4885. That's 1-800-403-4885. 1-800-403-4885. Or go to SelectQuote.com. We shop. You save. Get full details on the example policy at slowquote.com slash commercials. Your price can vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services you can join for free by going to paranormaldate.com and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people use the code george for a substantial discount mark rawlings president of paranormaldate.com says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal the unexplainable or the afterlife and so much more and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest so sign up for free at paranormaldate.com paranormaldate.com and use the code george if you decide to connect with someone you like dangerous blood clot device alert if you or a loved one had an ivc filter placed to prevent blood clots from traveling to your heart or lungs and suffered an injury you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation the fda warns that ivc filters may cause serious complications such as heart or lung damage internal bleeding and even death these dangerous blood clot devices can break and the metal fragments can travel to your heart or lungs causing serious injuries if you or a loved one suffered organ damage or other injuries from an ivc filter you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation act now time is limited to file a claim for a free consultation and free information call injury help desk at 800-478-1507 800-478-1507 800-478-1507 this is an advertisement paid non-attorney spokesperson injury help Desk.com is responsible for this advertisement. Principal Office, Las Vegas, Nevada. Live with Gene Steinberg. It's the Tech Night Owl. Because you never know what's going to happen next.
Okay, the song Come and Get It was written by Paul McCartney. All right? Oh, of course. And it was sung by a group I would call like a Beatles sound-alike called Badfinger. Okay? Never heard of it. Badfinger. And the movie was The Magic Christian with Peter Sellers and Ringo Starr. I regret to say I missed that one. You know, a crazy comedy where he plays a Peter Sellers, a rich guy who gets this bum or whatever he is, played by Ringo Starr. And they hand out money. If you want it, here it is. Come and get it. Hmm. Badfinger. The lead singer, Pete Ham, committed suicide. He sounded like McCartney. All right? And they had several, several... Hit records, No Matter What, Day After Day, produced by George Harrison. They were modestly successful in the early 70s. I guess part of it is they couldn't escape being thought of as just like a poor man's Beatles or something. So you can look them up, Badfinger. Some nice songs. You know, If you're a member of Apple Music, you can download and listen to it free. Are you an Apple Music subscriber? No, I am not. I've decided to kind of sit back and wait and see how it goes. Um, I was a little bit allergic to the idea of committing myself to $10 a month forever or until I quit. And I am more of a music purchase kind of guy. I like to buy a song and I like to create playlists and I put different playlists on different devices and I don't necessarily need to listen to all my music wherever I go. I'm not a fanatic about that. Now, by the way, there's another thing here. Two members of Badfinger committed suicide. One of the people added after Pete Ham killed himself committed suicide. This is a, a band you don't want to know about. Dangerous band. Let's go back to what you're talking about. Sorry about that. So I, um, I, I started off with this idea of what a toy is and how sometimes people like to, to denigrate the use of the word toy. And we, did, we saw that in the PC Wars during the, the 90s and the early aughts when IT managers would say, well, the Macintosh is just a toy. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And that was there. And, and they may or may not have known that there was a BSD Unix operating system underneath the glorious GUI of Mac OS X. And I use that Mac OS X intentionally because for most of the life of the Mac's operating system, the word Mac has been in the title. That was just a psychological technique of saying of dismissing by false authority the idea that because the Mac is so much fun and productive and, and, and allows you to be yourself and to be creative, we can't have that. We have to buckle down and do the mind-numbing work that must be done in our company. We don't want people having fun. We want them to take the business seriously. Microsoft provided that in spades. Uh, with things like Word, with all its complexity and all the services and and all the backend services and so on. So that was my introduction to the idea of a toy. But you know, we want our toys as adults. I mean, it's like saying that if you're you're a tennis player and you're a club tennis player and you're playing tennis every weekend, you know, and a new racket comes out f- from Wilson, and you'd really like to have that racket because you think it'll help you and it's lighter and maybe it's graphite, go get it. You know, it'll help you develop yourself in your, in your experience. So, um, you know, there, there are some things to be concerned about. You know, the, there, are, there, are, there are 
difficulties in the, in the modern world. There's calamities and stresses, and there are people who are, as, as we speak, who are suffering from fires or floods. And, but, but aside from that, in our technical lives, we want to generally move forward with the timeline, and we want to be good to ourselves, and, and we want to learn new things. And, and for somebody to say, well, you should pass on this phone is just false advice. And so I just kind of blew that up. And we don't know for sure what's going to happen. And what we, what we do know is Tim Cook said that there's going to be new features in the next iPhone that you, well, you, you'll realize that you couldn't have lived without them when, when you see them. And that's always the way it happens. Now, Apple isn't going to go to the trouble of developing a brand new phone and all the fanfare and the rollout and the next version number and have it go flat. We just know that Apple doesn't do those kinds of things. There's always technologies in the pipeline. Some are simple to implement and can be moved into the pipeline early, and some are more complex and have implications like you know, inductive charging and fast charging batteries and OLED displays, which have to be kind of dealt with in terms of manufacturing and scale and integration with the touch display and force touch and with the power and requirements and the Apple's needs for, you know, brightness and contrast and integration with the operating system. So there's things that take time to iron out and they come along later. So um, that's why I'm going to be buying an iPhone 7 and I'll buy an iPhone 8. And, you know, if you uh, can afford it, uh, you can pay as little as $30 a month after you trade your old one and maybe even less. So have fun. Well, if you have it, Come and get it. <laughs> but you better hurry because it may not last. It's going to last a couple of years. You know, first year it'll be the full price, then it'll be $100 less, and maybe it'll go for a third year. We have to see. iPhone 7. I don't know. I have a iPhone 6, and I have one of these AT&T Next plans. So it expires in September, which means I could either pay less and keep it or get the new iPhone. We'll see. Speaking of products... It's been a long time coming. Apple has been selling this Thunderbolt display, oh, even though... Now we're getting to the good part. <laughs> this is the good part. Even though we have the iMac with the 5K Retina display, but you want a regular standalone Apple display, it's standard resolution. It's not this Retina display. Let's set it up for the for the listeners who may... You set it up because some listeners have no idea what we're talking about, but with me, that's normal. So... In 2011, Apple introduced the Thunderbolt display. This was the follow-on to the 24-inch cinema display, which I still have. And is a fine display, and it uses DisplayPort. And in 2011, Apple upgraded that to a 27-inch Thunderbolt display with USB 2 and MagSafe 1. And it's a 27-inch IPS. That's I think it's 2540 by 1440. And that's fairly equivalent to the iMac at the same time. Yeah, and it has a glossy display. And um, at the time, it looked pretty cool. It has, compared to modern iMacs, it has somewhat thick edges. And it was a nice companion and good-looking display in 2011. And when the Mac Pro came out in 2013, two years later, it was still a fairly decent display, although it was starting to age at that point. And... Then, all of a sudden, Apple just let it linger. 2013, 2014, 2015. And during those years, 
other display makers were building much better displays, higher resolution, better quality, USB 3, not glossy but anti-reflective displays for the graphics professionals for less money, far less money. I'm, I'm, I've reviewed and I'm sitting here with a Hewlett Packard Z34C, which is a 34-inch display. 3440 by 1440, hundreds of dollars less than Apple's display. So the question came up, why is Apple letting this display linger for the last, for the past several years now? People have been wondering, why was this display allowed to linger? Why wasn't the price reduced? What's Apple going to do next? And in parallel to that, we've been wondering lately about what Apple would do with the Mac Pro, a, a, a great companion computer for that display okay so we have two enigmas right so which we're going to try to make sense of in the next segment oh cool okay so we have the thunderbolt display bye-bye we've got the mac pro what's going on john martellaro of the mac observer will try to sort it out i'm gene steinberger in the tech night out live Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. The award-winning Graphic Converter 10, the universal genius for photo editing apps on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for the Swiss Army Knife app. It gives you all the features that you expect, and most important, it's easy to use. You can get it for just $39.95 from www.lemkesoft.com. That's www.lemkesoft.com. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Are your Google search results killing you? Unflattering content in blogs, news articles, online reviews, social media, or other sources can jeopardize your reputation, your business, and your livelihood. Let Reputation.com help. Our patented technology will make the truth about you more visible while pushing down unwanted negative content. Improve your Google search results. Call Reputation.com at 1-800-831-0771 for a free consultation. That's 800-831-0771. This is an alert. If your business or church is building this year, you're about to pay more than you should. This could mean thousands of dollars more for your office, retail space, church, or warehouse. A general steel building can save you as much as half the cost and time of similar conventional construction. And we're offering rebates of up to $20,000 to help you build today. Call General Steel for free information that could save you thousands. Call 866-91-STEEL. 866-91-STEEL. 866-91-STEEL.
hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. If you're considering going back to school, ask yourself the following questions. Do you need the flexibility to take classes on your schedule? Do you have college credits you need transferred? Do you want to earn a quality degree from a world-renowned university? If you answered yes to any of these questions, Arizona State University is the perfect school for you. Arizona State University offers over 100 highly ranked degree programs 100% online. You'll earn the same degree as you would on campus, from wherever you are, on your schedule. Plus, ASU Online accepts most transfer credits. For information, call 1-800-933-1430. Learn for yourself why the Wall Street Journal ranks ASU fifth in the nation for producing the best qualified graduates and why 90% of ASU grads are recruited within 90 days of graduation. Learn to grow, learn to succeed, and learn to thrive at Arizona State University. To learn more about ASU Online degrees, call 1-800-933-1430. That's 1-800-933-1430. Worried about lead, fluoride, and other contaminants in your drinking water? Get a ProPure with the Pro-1G 2.0 cleanable reusable filter and remove up to 200 contaminants. Drink water the way nature meant it to be. Clean, crisp, and refreshing. See the complete line of ProPure products, including the new ProMax shower filter. There's a ProPure for you. Visit your authorized ProPure dealer for details or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com. you know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. So we have the late, great Apple Thunderbolt display, but I have a very simple question for you here. With the ability to build a 5K display, it goes back to 2014, two years now, almost two years. Why hasn't Apple just come out with a Thunderbolt 5K? Exactly. Why? There are rumors that Apple is building a 5K display with a built-in graphics processor so that lesser MacBook Pros and other Macs could drive this display. But those remain rumors What was troubling was that on June 23rd, when Apple announced that the 27-inch Thunderbolt display was being discontinued, no replacement display was announced. That was troubling. And customers were directed to third-party products explicitly. Apple said, there are fine third-party products that you should go get that are suitable replacements for this display, which we just discontinued. And one wonders why they took so long to discontinue this obsolete display. I mean, it's overdue by a couple years. During those two years, why wasn't Apple developing a replacement that would come right into place and Apple wouldn't have to direct customers to third-party products? Because it creates a kind of a troubling scenario where Apple extends the life of this obsolete display and then does nothing and then 
cancels it and then directs people to third-party displays. So we'll all go out and buy Hewlett-Packard. Great displays. Cool. They have a whole line of cool ones. And then if this rumor is true that Apple's working on a 5K standalone display for use with the Mac Pro and maybe a Mac Pro update, then people say, well, gee, I went out and I invested in this beautiful Hewlett-Packard display because you told me to. And now you're going to come out with this 5K standalone display that I compare with my MacBook Pro or my Mac Pro? What's going on? That creates a troubling prospect. So as soon as Apple directed us to third-party products, then people started asking. And Anthony Fraustro Robledo at Architosh also started wondering, well, does this mean that since Apple's directing us to third-party products that they have no plans to upgrade the Mac Pro? You know, what's one thing here, too, is why even make that assumption because all they're saying here is we don't have a display for you ready now. If you have to have a display, go buy one. They even sell all of the displays over at the Apple store. And maybe eventually they'll come out with something, but not today. If you want to buy a Mac Pro today, you have to buy something else. You're not going to look for an old Thunderbolt. Doesn't, mm-hmm. by the way, Hewlett Packard have a 5K display? I assume that they do, although I can't bring one up on my mental fingertips. I reviewed a glorious 4K display back in January. It's the Z27S. There is a Z27Q. Ah, that might be it. Okay, this is their 5K display. I'm trying to bring it up, but the site is going very, very slowly. All right? You don't want to trouble Skype with that. Skype is so delicate. (laughs) Here we go. This is a review from January of this year, from Tom's Hardware. A good site. It's 5120 by 2880, which sounds to be the same as the Apple. It looks but ugly. And I'm looking for the price. doesn't look very nice, though. Mm. So they're going through a lot of testing for it, packaging, layout, color. If you look at the thing, it's big and ugly. But the price at Amazon is 11 1304 okay that's a fair price but as i said it's not slim and sleek it's ugly it's dark and ugly typical of a dell product well there may be industrial corporate reasons for that i when you said that i started thinking and i I don't have any sound evidence and so i'll just offer john martellero's opinion as i often do and i think that sometimes these displays are designed that way so that in the corporate environment, they look sort of humdrum. And it looks like the company hasn't spent a lot of money and it doesn't look like the employee has been given something you know special or really cool that would suggest they shouldn't be down to business as we were talking about in the last segment. And It sounds like office politics of some the, sort. Yeah, and there's some security issues too. I remember I was working at... Um, Oak Ridge National Laboratory, I guess I can say. And uh, there was some security issues in some environments with the built-in camera in MacBooks, MacBook Pros, so that before you received your order, the receiving department would go in and snip the wire and put the lid back together again and uh, deliver your MacBook Pro to you gloriously with no camera because it violated security policy for certain secure environments. And so... And I think that continues today in some government environments where we don't want to have a built-in camera you don't have control of. 
And so the Hewlett-Packard sells a lot of their displays without a built-in camera, which seems kind of funky for FaceTime lovers, but in fact is really nice because you can put one of these cool Logitech webcams on top of the display, and if you want to, you just pull the plug uh, throw it in in the drawer or something like that. Wouldn't it be just as simple here to stick a webcam in there, but give some kind of secure lock so that the IT guy can disable it if necessary? Well, I, I guess it depends on how happy the security people are with the facility that's provided. And they they always dream up, um, you know, excuses like you know somebody could fiddle with it, or or the lock doesn't really work right, or the switch isn't really doing what it says it's doing, or something like that. If you can pull the USB plug out of the computer, you know, you're pretty sure that the camera is not working. I must say though that I have a, a Logitech. Uh, what is it? It's a little uh, 1080p camera that's only a few inches wide, and it's dwarfed by the Hewlett Packard display, and doesn't really look too bad. So, but anyway, that's what's going on with some of these ugly displays. I think it's done on purpose. I remember when I worked for Lockheed Martin. Lockheed Martin bought a uh, facility that was down the road that was owned by a, a chemical company. That uh, had to sell their building, and it was lush, and it was beautiful, and it was carpeted, and had a swimming pool, and had these beautiful pillars and giant windows, and it was beautifully architected. And and but the company had to sell it, and so when Lockheed Martin bought it, they realized that you know as nice as it was, they were going to have a lot of generals coming in to visit them for briefings, and it was important not to look like. The government's money was being misspent. So they went through and they systematically removed a lot of the beautiful architecture and the plush carpeting and some of the other facilities that made it a joyful place to work, made you feel like, you know, you were in a first-class place because appearances are everything. And the general doesn't want to think that he's been overcharged in his contract by Lockheed Martin. So... I think that has something to do with these ugly designs. If you want something cool, you want something really neat and spiffy and beautiful and something that's a joy to own, get a Macintosh. Well, okay, we may not be able to get a Macintosh if we want a professional workstation. Now, here's the Mac Pro. I don't know whether this is the harbinger of doom or something, the death of the Thunderbolt display. It may just be, well, it's out of date and Apple felt it wasn't really selling enough units to produce, and maybe they'll come up with something, maybe they won't. The Mac Pro was updated in 2013. They had the introduction at the WWDC that June, and then by mm-hmm. December, just before the end of the year, they shipped it. Started and shipping, although you couldn't really... Like maybe four shipped. <laughs> they wanted to get the thing out before 2013 ended, so I think yeah. four reached their destinations. That's about it. And it was back ordered for a few months, and we don't hear anything about it. Now, just to preface this, and we're going to have to split to our next segment in a moment, just to preface this, it wouldn't cost much for Apple to upgrade it. Put in faster Xeon processor, maybe set it up for two processors, modify it a little bit, faster graphics card. The high-end solid-state drives are cheaper now, so maybe they can Mm -hmm. offer a two-terabyte drive for the same price as the one, because if you look at the market price, they're a lot less. Whatever it is, it would be cheap to update this thing without spending a lot of development dollars. And that would satisfy people who said, you know, if I'm spending $10,000 for a computer, 
why do I want one that was designed in 2013? Right, I want you, one that want, I could use now for my 3D rendering. 3. I want the latest. I want the greatest. And yeah. Thunderbolt 3 would be a kicker. A lot of people I'd like to kick for Thunderbolt 3. Mm-hmm. But we have John Martellaro of the Mac Observer. We also have the Tech Night Out Plus. What's the Tech Night Out Plus? We give you the commercial-free version of the show. Better quality audio. And we've pulled out the stops for the best quality audio ever. And you can get that for a low subscription price. Check plus.technightowl.com. That's P-L-U-S dot com. John Martellaro of the Mac Observer is going to be here for two more segments. So just stay tuned. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. As a doctor, I see patients every day who are losing their vision to age-related macular degeneration, also known as AMD. If you have blurry vision or blind spots, they can be symptoms of AMD, and if untreated, could lead to blindness. The good news? AMD can be managed with effective clinically approved treatments that may reverse some vision loss. For free AMD information, contact the Foundation Fighting Blindness at 1-800-BLINDNESS. That's 1-800-BLINDNESS. There is a cure in sight. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the healthy body, brain, and heart pack to the healthy libido pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Okay, Mac Pro. Apple could update it cheaply, John. Do you think they're just going to give it up? I suspect... They're working on another version that's taking some time. They were waiting for the Skylake processors. They were waiting for Skylake that supports Thunderbolt 3. I suspect that it would be another big embarrassment for Apple to appear to walk away from the pro markets, although they have in some ways in the past. If you look at what Apple's done over the years, 
They have discontinued apple.com slash science. They discontinued the XServe raid. They discontinued the XServe. They upset a lot of video professionals in, in moving from Final Cut Pro 7 to X, I think, if I got that nomenclature right. Uh, Apple has been subsumed by the iPhone. One, one wonders whether Apple has the heart and the bandwidth to continue with high-end professional Macintoshes when, in fact, they're doing so well with the iMac and the MacBook Pros. On the other hand, there is plenty of argument for having a Halo Mac, having the very best that money can buy, allowing people to attach their own displays, having something that they can crow about and point to as something that is just the very best that money can buy and is awesomely fast. So it's sort of problematic right now. From Architosh.com, the estimates are that Apple is selling maybe 100,000 of these a year, maybe a little more. I don't remember the exact number. That doesn't sound like a lot compared to the number of total Macs that they sell every year. But it would be sort of an embarrassment to Apple to kind of bow out of this market. And I know that Apple moves relentlessly forward. I know that they leave the past behind. But considering the enthusiasm, considering how boastful Phil Schiller was with the iMac when in, when that, in that WWDC session, and how it was used as a signpost to say Apple hasn't lost its ability to innovate, and the elegance and the, and the beauty of that machine, aside from its expandability, suggests to me that it's, it's still a 50-50 chance that Apple will come out with a new Mac Pro. I, I think that maybe it will be a little bigger. I think that maybe it will be a little bit more expandable to meet the needs of professionals who want to be able to plug and unplug things. I'm certainly uh, on the fence about this, but I, I think it's, as you said, it's, it's, it'd be easy to upgrade and carry it forward and continue making money. Why turn your back on a market like that? A company that buys a few Mac Pros may buy a thousand or two thousand iMacs. You know, it's an all Mac shop. And if you offer everything in all product lines, you gain. So there's that prestige factor. And there are a lot of people who need their own displays. Remind me, is the 5K iMac glossy? It doesn't look that glossy. I know the 27-inch Thunderbolt display was glossy, and my 24-inch cinema display before that was glossy, and those displays annoyed me greatly. And display technology has come far, and Jeff Gamut here at the Mac Observer tells me that glossy displays are no good for color matching professionals and annoys them no end. So professionals like to buy their own favorite display and attach it to a high-end desktop. And I think Apple should continue that theme. What's unsettling is, is that you know we're in the dark. There are no signals. There's nothing in the supply chain. There is no affirmation from Apple. They leave us in the dark about that. And the question is, while they may want to surprise and delight us with the latest and greatest iPhone and the latest and greatest iPad, what's the downside to affirming a commitment to technical professionals who use you know, desktop Macs? Considering its sales volume, is it all of a sudden going to be an astounding revelation that the new Mac Pro, the late 2016 Mac Pro, is going to be so phenomenal that it's going to be a surprise and take the competition by surprise and it's going to sell great numbers? And uh, No, I don't think so. 
Why not telegraph to us what, what they're up to? Apple seldom does. Maybe they'll have something to say this fall. In the meantime, the iMac 5K is technically glossy, mm-hmm. but not terribly reflective. Yeah. And not- I've had enough experience with them to say, no, it's not something that would bother you any. Mm. Not unless you really got a lot of reflection sources in your room. It's not as nearly as oppressive as some of those displays. So let's put it that way. It's a halfway effort, and it offers better quality color than the new versions, so maybe it's worth it. I want to ask you a question quickly. If you follow this news about this new Mac virus? I think you're talking about the backdoor.mac.eleanor? Yes. Sounds like a really ugly lady. Well, this is an unsigned app. The virus is called the backdoor.mac.eleanor. The app that it appears in is called the EasyDoc Converter. Uh, this is an app that's available at some websites for downloading. It's unsigned, which means that Apple cannot pull the certificate to keep it from working. And once you install it, it provides a backdoor into your Macintosh so that control can be taken to your Mac, your files can be inspected, your, your Mac can be used for, or for um, running uh, remote applications. Uh, and your information and data is no longer secure, can be stolen. So this is a pretty nasty app. Uh, The reason it may have some appeal is because it claims to be able to convert documents between types just by dragging the document onto its app icon. So it has this allure that it's simple and easy. But one should avoid apps like this that one has never heard of from a developer that is not signing the app and um, you don't have an existing or trusting relationship with the developer. So, um, yeah, it's a pretty nasty piece of work. Now, this is the one way that developers can build malware, which is through a Trojan horse. You provide a product that seems to have a valuable purpose, but it does nasty stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's why we always tell customers, don't download software from websites that you don't, know much about and don't trust in your system preferences. If you go to uh, the Apple system preferences and on the top line, you go to security and privacy and you click on the general tab at the bottom of the general tab, you'll see the gatekeeper controls, even though it's not labeled gatekeeper. And there's some radio buttons there for you to select from. And it uh, controls whether apps can be downloaded from anywhere or only from the Mac App Store and identify developers, which means that they've digitally signed their apps with a certificate provided by Apple. And in that case, uh, if something goes wrong with the app that Apple didn't anticipate something malicious starts happening, Apple can pull the certificate and it won't launch. But if you click that Anywhere tab or you bypass that, that Anywhere option and download one of these apps, you can get into serious trouble. So... It's be safe, trust your developer, talk to them, investigate them, read reviews, listen to the Mac Observer's daily observations podcast, read the news, look for reviews. If if necessary, pick up the phone and call the developer and quiz them. Um, That tells you a lot about them. And if you've never heard of them before and, and it looks like it's too good to be true, don't download it. Stick to the Mac App Store and, and reputable apps by developers we know and love from the community. And, uh, and you'll, you'll be safe. And bear in mind here, too, unfortunately, there are some apps 
that will never be put into the Mac App Store because of the things they do that Apple doesn't permit in their sandboxing scheme. That's true. That's true. But it doesn't mean that they're not digitally signed. Well, thanks anyway for (laughs) telling us about this misery. And if you look, by the way, at the App Store, you might find stuff there that can convert documents from one to the other. I mean, in terms of graphic formats, you use Graphic Converter, which is from a gentleman by the name of Thorsten. I think they pronounce it Lemke in German. And he's just a great guy. He's really a nice mm-hmm. guy. Yeah, I've known him for many years. Me too. It's, me too. And he got the latest version. I think it's thirty nine ninety five. but we've got a coupon code somewhere, and I'll mention it in one of our ads because he advertises with us that you can save a few percent. John Martellaro of the Mac Observer. We've got a little bit more to come on the Tech Night Out Live. The award-winning Graphic Converter 10, the universal genius for photo editing apps on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for the Swiss Army Knife app. It gives you all the features that you expect, and most important, it's easy to use. You can get it for just $39.95 from www.lemkesoft.com. That's www.lemkesoft.com. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free, one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. Are you worried about how dangerous the world has become? In these days of terrorist attacks, natural disasters, or even a future collapse, you need to be medically prepared to keep your family safe. I'm Joe Alton, MD of store.doomandbloom.net, where you'll find an entire line of uniquely designed medical kits and supplies for when help is not on the way. For everything from individual first aid kits to the ultimate family medical bag, go to store.doomandbloom.net today. That's store.doomandbloom.net. You'll be glad you did. I'm Nick Soboleski, a select quote agent with a true story that could save you hundreds of dollars a year. A woman named Linda just called. Her husband, Ray, has a $300,000 group life insurance policy, but is changing jobs and can't take it with him. Well, I impartially shopped the highly rated term life insurance companies we represent and found Ray, who is 41 and takes medication to control his cholesterol, 
a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $26 a month. That's almost twice the coverage for less than half of what he had paid. If SelectQuote hasn't shopped for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 1-800-403-4885. That's 1-800-403-4885. 1-800-403-4885. Or go to selectquote.com. We shop. You save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price can vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. By now, you know that wireless technology like cell phones do, in fact, pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality, American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. So anyway, once again, watch out for backdoor.mac.eleanor okay just stay away from the app we're talking about here easy doc converter easy doc converter there are other converter apps that can do this and by the way preview does a really good job preview converts apple's pages will convert and open word files and Mm -hmm. save as word files if you want that Mm -hmm. i mean you know right now most formats that people deal with on a day-to-day basis what Apple provides will give you that capability. And as I said, Graphic Converter converts in so many different formats, you can't believe it. That's lemkesoft.com if you want to check them out. L-E-M-K-E soft.com and check them out. And tell Thorsten we sent you. He's a good guy. He's been a Mac developer for many, 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 many years and doing this app. It's version 10 now, but every version seems like a major one. So if there's a 10.1, it's going to be somebody else's 11. That's how it goes. Let's talk about one more thing. And we did a little bit of this a couple of weeks ago. And it's kind of these things that are really arcane that people don't really care much about. But some of you do, and maybe you will, when you realize what it is. Apple has a new file system, okay? And this is something that was introduced at WWDC. And it's available in the Mac OS Sierra developer beta, but it's not ready. Yeah, because it does work with fusion drives and such. It's called APFS. The Apple file system. The new Apple file system, which replaces HFS+. So for those who don't know file systems from chocolate milk, and that's a lot of us, tell me more. Think of a file system as something like a phone book. A phone book is organized in a certain way. It has names, and it has names by last name and in alphabetical order. And there is a a protocol for how you use a phone book. The information is stored on paper and pages, printed alphabetically. You thumb through until you find the last name alphabetically, and then you read across and find the phone number. 
That's a simple analogy to what a file system is. A file system is the organizational structure of data on your hard disk. And it can get very complicated, but that's a simple way to think about it. It's, it's the operating system knows how to find information. And information may be scattered on the hard disk. It's not necessarily contiguous, so the operating system needs a map to know where the system is. It, it needs to worry about contention. So if a file is open and being edited and somebody else tries to edit it, it has to worry about you know, contention and, and saving changes. It has to allow for protocols, metadata, information about the file, like when it was created and what kind of file it is and so on. So an operating system is a sort of the accountant or the bookkeeper on your hard disk. Apple uses something called HFS Plus, which was developed in 1998. And before that, we had HFS, which I believe was developed somewhere around maybe 19, maybe 87, 88. And before that, we had the Mac file system, which came out with the, with the original Mac. So we've had these generations of file systems that have gotten more and more sophisticated, have had greater facility for storing information because there's allocations on the disk for how big files can be. And you know, we have an operating system that has gone from 16 bits to 32 bits to 64 bits. We can address numbers that are bigger, which means we can address bigger files. And so and we're all familiar with how older operating systems can only allow for files that are so big because it just, in a simpler way, can't count that high to keep track of all the bytes in the file. As our technology evolves and as our hardware evolves, our file systems have had to evolve. And we've had HFS Plus since 1998, which is 18 years old. It's high time that Apple advanced the file system. There are several notable deficiencies in HFS Plus in terms of the granularity of timestamps of files in terms of being able to take snapshots of the operating system, in terms of being able to do uh, checksums, in terms of its, its use of hard links for Time Machine, which creates a kind of a problematic and delicate operational environment. So in 2014, we now know from the sessions at WWDC, which were public, Apple has developed a new file system to replace HFS Plus called APFS. The reason it isn't AFS is because that's already taken by the Andrew file system, which has been around for a while. So Apple used APFS to differentiate. And this is a modern file system that allows for things that we couldn't do before. For example, it allows you to take an operating system snapshot so that if something goes wrong, you can just simply, and there'll probably be a GUI for this, go back in time and restore the operating system to the state that it was before. It's theoretically capable of doing uh, checksums, and it does do checksums on its own data to ensure the integrity of the files. There's lots of different facilities. Uh, APFS has been optimized for performance for SSDs, for example. You know, HFS was built in the days when hard disks were common and SSDs weren't even on the horizon. Um, now there's a strong movement to having SSDs as your boot drive. They're much more affordable than they used to be. And SSDs based on flash memory write data a little differently. And so the operating system and the file system has to account for how flash memory uses, does data storage. 
in short, without going into a lot of detail because we don't have much time, sure. Apple has kind of tacked on extra features to HFS Plus to allow for SSDs and all this other stuff. Well, I wouldn't say they tacked on features. I'd say they created a new file system from scratch that is backwards compatible with HFS Well, I'm talking about what they did with HSF Plus, obviously. So, you know, they basically have been using the same file system for 18 years and adding stuff to it. At some point, it's time to right. clean right. out all the cruff and come but up with something new. But even if you new. boot from an H- APFS drive in 2017, you'll still be able to mount and look at your old HFS external volumes and flash drives. and It'll be and backwards compatible. We assume yes. also it's going to be like the migration to HFS Plus was in 1998, where you give the command... And it will go through a process where it converts it. Yes. That's very nice of Apple to do that. Because forcing the user to back up to Time Machine and then re-erase the hard drive, internal boot drive, SSD, likely, and then reformat it as APFS Plus and then do restore is a laborious process that has been on occasion gone, gone wrong and created headaches. So... To do an in-place upgrade is glorious and helpful from Apple. So thanks, Apple. 2017, I'm sure Apple will be telling you lots about it when we get closer to the release date, probably at next year's WWDC. John, tell our listeners where we can find more of the stuff that you do. I'm Senior Editor at the Mac Observer, www.macobserveronword.com. John Martellero, thank you for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. You're welcome. It was a pleasure. Nice to be on the show. Thank you. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Are your Google search results killing you? Unflattering content in blogs, news articles, online reviews, social media, or other sources can jeopardize your reputation, your business, and your livelihood. Let Reputation.com help. Our patented technology will make the truth about you more visible while pushing down unwanted negative content. Improve your Google search results. Call Reputation.com at 1-800-831-0771 for a free consultation. That's 800-831-0771. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. My computer is so slow, it's making me crazy. I used to have that problem. Did you quit using a computer, or or did you buy a new one? No, I called Geeks on Site. They made an appointment to visit my home and showed up the same day. You mean they didn't ask you to bring your computer to a shop? That's what happened when I called a support company. Geeks on Site can go to your home or business or even repair your computer online. They have 24-7 emergency service. If you are having problems with your PC or Mac, call Geeks on Site. 1-800-591-1682. 
Our friendly certified computer repair experts are available 24-7. Call now for a free diagnosis. 1-800-591-1682. Data recovery, virus removal, and maintenance for all laptops, desktops, printers, and networks. That's Geeks on Site for friendly certified computer repair experts available 24-7 over the phone or in your home or business. Just call 1-800-591-1682. That's 1-800-591-1682. Here's Dr. Paul Meyer, Christian psychiatrist, author of 85 books and founder of the national chain Meyer Clinics to tell you about To Your Health Liquid Vitamins. I've been taking these every day for over a decade now and I try to encourage every one of my clients to take them every day and there's a number of reasons. First of all, it's the, it's the best vitamins you can get. It's got dozens of vitamins, antioxidants, and nutrients in it. And then the most important reason why I do it as a psychiatrist and, and recommend it to my patients is because it's got brain food in it. It's got the essential amino acids. It's got tryptophan, phenylalanine, tyrosine, and choline, vitamin B6, and these chemicals that are all natural from food turn into the brain chemicals that make you happy. To Your Health is delicious. Find out more today. Call us 800-801-3459 or visit online at mytoyourhealth.com. Use the coupon code RADIO15 for a 15% discount on your order. That's mytoyourhealth.com. Have you ever thought you'd like to flip houses but didn't know how or where to get the money? Are you ready to be your own boss so you can start living the good life? Hi, I'm Preston Ely. I used to be so broke. I had my electricity turned off nine times, but I figured out a way to quit my job and find financial freedom in real estate. For a limited time, I want to send you a free copy of my smash hit selling book, How to Get Rich in Real Estate. It shows you how to copy exactly what I did so you can make money from the comfort of your own home without even doing any manual labor. I've already given away 5,000 books and they're going fast. To get one before they're gone, call 1-800-958-9859. Listen, if you're sick and tired of stressing about money, this book could change your life. It's short, fun to read, easy to understand, and awesome. To find out how to get your free book while supplies last, call 1-800-958-9859. Call 1-800-958-9859. 1-800-958-9859. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. Live from the UK, we have Kirk McElhern. It's Saturday Night Live. Right. I, I wonder if that's we... trademarked and you're going to get in trouble for me saying that. Hey, I need the publicity. Okay. We should start a little bit of trouble. I mean, we have another person on this network by the name of Alex Jones who's always starting trouble. So why shouldn't I start trouble too? You're allowed to start trouble. Yes, it's I am. Just, you need to pay the consequences, if consequences there are. Well, I have no money, so it doesn't matter, right? Good point. Okay, so you were telling me here there is a slight connection in the mysterious, dark, secret past of Kirk McElhern and Saturday Night Live. How so? There is. Um, I've probably mentioned a number of times that I grew up in New York City. And in the 1970s, my friends and I used to go to 
we used to go to see the filming of Saturday Night Live. Now, you could either um, write in and get tickets, in which case you were guaranteed a seat, or you could go on the standby line. And we would do that. It was in to Rockefeller Center, and we would go there, and they'd let you wait in the lobby. You'd make a line in the lobby on all these marble floors and all that. And there were anywhere from 20 to 100 people every Saturday. And we often got in. I probably saw half a dozen shows live, maybe one out of every three times we went there. And one of them, and I've just looked it up on Wikipedia to find the precise date, was on May 22nd, 1976. Before the show started, a, what do you call the people who do the tech stuff, a gaffer, a grip, whatever, probably a prop person actually came up to me. I was sitting in the front row. Now, you have to understand that when they shoot a show like this, or when they used to back then, the studio had a number of sets, and there was the main set where you'd get the monologue and the music and all that, and then there were other sets under the seats. The seats were like a floor up, and there were recessed sets under the seats. So I was in the front row above one of these sets, and they were going to be shooting a number of um, sketches down there. So someone came up to me and said, we'd like to know if you'd like to help us. And he explained what I needed to do, and he gave me a little paper bag with some buttons in it, about 20 buttons, just, you know, buttons from a jacket. And there was going to be a, a sketch called Samurai Taylor. If you remember, John Belushi did the samurai thing. Oh, that is a classic, ladies and gentlemen. But to clarify here, Saturday Night Live was a mixture of a live show and pre-recorded segments. No, it was all live. Well, they did show some pre-recorded stuff. The there were a few segments that were pre-recorded. It was mostly live, which meant things can happen you wouldn't expect. And John Belushi was amazing. Samurai Taylor. Now yeah. imagine a tailor doing his work with his big sword. Right. So hence the buttons. And basically what they wanted me to do was drop the buttons at the right time. I don't remember if it was a signal from one of the production assistants or if it was I was waiting for a specific line, but I dropped the buttons at the right time just after John Belushi swung his samurai sword at um, Buck Henry and theoretically cut the buttons off of his jacket. Okay, so and it. it must have been dangerous for you. It was actually a little bit worrisome in, in the sense that, like, what if I screw this up? This is live on national TV. I didn't, of course. There may have been, it may have been a half second too late. Um, but, you know, I did, I, I acted when I got whatever signal I got, and I really don't remember. So you did this one time in your life? Yeah, just one. I saw the show live about a half a dozen times. 76, 77, um, my friends and I would go most often in like spring and summer and fall. And we, we got in a number of times and it was interesting. We saw a number of different bands perform and, you know, we got to see the show, which seeing a show like that live, as, as I said, some of the sketches were done beneath the audience. So you don't see them. You only see them on the screen. And there were TV monitors up above you next to the applause lights. Um, so you could watch what was going on, but you didn't actually see everything live. You saw maybe half of what was going on really live, but the positions of the studios were such that you couldn't see everything. It's so amazing that show is still on. Now, some of us don't really like a particular generation of performers. We think the first one was the best or the one where Eddie Murphy was on the show or any particular act that you saw. But what was universal about Saturday Night Live is the fact that every few years, there'd be a movie star in that crew. Well, none, none more than those early years from 75 to 80. Um, 
I'm just looking at the list. Um, Chevy Chase, Dan Aykroyd, John Belushi, Jane Curtin, um, Gilda Radner. This was you know, this was a kick-ass cast. And these were people, you know, particularly Chevy Chase, Dan Aykroyd, John Belushi. And Julia Louis-Dreyfus has this award-winning TV show. Yeah, but that's now. I'm talking back sure, then. Sure, but she was one of the early no. players. She well, was like she a wasn't second. In, she wasn't with this cast. No, she was the second generation, I think. Yeah. And remember that there were also, uh, so I'm looking at the Wikipedia list. It shows the repertory players, so the people who are on every week, and the featured players. And you remember um, Tom Davis and Al Franken were on. We forget so much that Senator Al Franken used to be one of the performers on Saturday Night Live. Also, he was in the movie Trading Places with Dan Aykroyd and Eddie Murphy. And remember that one? Yeah. Yep. Also, so here's another blast from the past. October 31, 1980, The Grateful Dead played their last of five shows at Radio City Music Hall. And the concert was broadcast live. I don't remember if it was like a closed circuit TV thing. And it was taped. It was filmed. And so Franken and Davis were sort of a pre-concert. And during the break, they were doing these sketches and jokes and stuff. And they were up there, you know, acting like dopeheads, which um, presumably they were at the time. And as you say, now Al Franken is a U.S. senator. Um, he's actually, a number of people are saying that he would be an ideal choice for Hillary's vice president. He is such a serious guy when you watch him in the Senate. And you can't think, wait a minute, this is the wacky, crazy guy who is basically a second string player on Saturday Night Live. He wasn't one of the main guys. He was a second string, and they had some bit parts in movies and things like that. Oh, well. <laughs> Why do we start this? I have no idea. Let me continue. Because, to because, because you called me on Skype, and you said one ringy-dingy, two ringy-dingies, and I said, oh, yeah, Saturday Night Live. And you said, no, no, that's from Laugh-In. And then I got into Saturday Night Live, and that's how we got where we are today. Right. I have no idea where we are. Let me bring our listeners up to date about the story of the crazy office chair that kept falling apart. You remember that, right? No. Okay. I bought an office chair. Actually, my wife bought me an office chair last year, something with a really good back because my back bothers me quite often. And it came from a company called Regency. And I mentioned it to some of the guests on the Tech Night Out Live because a lot of you need, obviously, a chair to work with your computer unless you are using your iPad and you're sitting on the couch or in bed. So this is a chair that costs quite a bit of money. And I had it replaced within a few months because it started falling apart. And the replacement started falling apart. But at this point, Amazon would no longer honor any replacement parts. So I called the manufacturer Regency. And so... I had to replace the right armrest that kept loosening up. And they sent me two armrests and two backs. The chair back would loosen up. It'd start, it'd start falling back about four or five inches when you sit on it. It would just drop back four or five inches, almost like you're falling down or something. So they sent me chair back and the right armrest and the right armrest twice okay twice at least they're decent about it. it takes about 10 days to get it they're not sending it by overnight so i get two seat backs 
and two right armrests, and both developed the same problem, the exact same problem. We'll continue in the next segment. This is really an odyssey, I have to tell you. We have Kirk McElhern with Gene Steinberg on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. This is an alert. If your business or church is building this year, you're about to pay more than you should. This could mean thousands of dollars more for your office, retail space, church, or warehouse. A general steel building can save you as much as half the cost and time of similar conventional construction. And we're offering rebates of up to $20,000 to help you build today. Call General Steel for free information that could save you thousands. Call 866-91-STEEL. 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 We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day, but growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. Attention backpackers, on a budget, why spend $80 to $300 to pump clean survival water? Introducing the Viva Water Pump Kit from Viva Outdoor Products. Super easy to use and super lightweight at only 6.5 ounces, the Viva Water Pump Kit provides high flow rate at 1 ounce per stroke, can be one hand pumped, and is dependable and affordable at only $24.99, filter not included. Get your Viva Water Pump Kit at viba-odp.com from Viva Outdoor Products. Dangerous blood clot device alert. If you or a loved one had an IVC filter placed to prevent blood clots from traveling to your heart or lungs and suffered an injury, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. The FDA warns that IVC filters may cause serious complications, such as heart or lung damage, internal bleeding, and even death. These dangerous blood clot devices can break, and the metal fragments can travel to your heart or lungs, causing serious injuries. If you or a loved one suffered organ damage or other injuries, 
batteries from an IVC filter, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Act now. Time is limited to file a claim. For a free consultation and free information, call Injury Help Desk at 800-478-1507. 800-478-1507. 800-478-1507. This is an advertisement. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. InjuryHelpDesk.com is responsible for this advertisement. Principal Office, Las Vegas, Nevada. You know about RVs, you've heard about bunkers, but surviving is not recreation, and man wasn't made to live underground. Introducing Survivalist Camps, the ultimate fully functional off-the-grid survival bug-out house that's mobile, well-equipped, and custom-built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Go to survivalistcamps.com to learn more. That's survivalistcamps.com, providing your basic needs to survive. Survivalistcamps.com. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle, live with Gene Steinberg. We're talking about the strange case of the chair that keeps falling apart with Kirk McElhern. So I call the company... I talked to the customer support, which is American support. I don't have to worry about a language barrier. And they say, okay, we will send you a new chair. You don't have to send back the old chair because there's no way to break it down. Again, we know once you yeah. assemble it, there's no way to take it apart. Yeah. So they send me a full chair. The new chair has two left armrests. I find a way to fix the right armrest myself, and I replace it with the right armrest from the old chair. The back, lean back on it, it slips back four or five inches. There's some bracket back there that is not attached properly. And we're talking now about the third seat back or the fourth seat back. Each one has the same defect. Now, the model number of this chair, if you see it on Amazon or anywhere, is 5600 BK from Regency. Okay? They sent me one marked 5602 BK, it seemed to be, for all practical purposes, the same chair. So now they're sending me another seat back. And this time they said they'll have somebody in their shipping department or their factory test that seat back and make sure it doesn't fall apart. And if anything happens, they'll fix it and make sure it's right. So we'll be getting a new seat back next week. Okay. All this for an office chair. Ever seen anything like this before? How expensive was this chair? A little over $100, I think, $100, $150. It's a pretty cheap chair. But the last chair I had, which lasted 10 years, cost me maybe $99 at Sam's Club. Okay. Now, what kind of chairs do you have? <laughs> I have a Steelcase Leap. Um, it's an ergonomic chair. It's, it's not like the Aeron, but it's got the same number of adjustments. Um, I'm looking on Amazon US. It sells for just over $900, but there are refurbs much cheaper, three, $400. Um, it was recommended by someone I know um, who works at home. And I went, when I was living in France, there happened to be a company nearby that sold them. And I went and tried it out and I was sold instantly. Um, you can adjust almost everything on the chair, you, the, the armrest, the back, um, the height. The, the armrests go in and out, up and down, forward and backwards, and, and there's a, a headrest on it and everything. 
Um, it's a great chair. I believe it's got a 10-year guarantee. And, and that's one thing you get when you pay for a more expensive chair is you get the guarantee. And this thing is, I mean, I'm looking at it now. It's about, I've had it for about five years. I can see it lasting 20 years. It, it, there's a little bit of wear on the seat, um, but very little. Um, and everything else is just fine. This is amazing. What can you buy nowadays that after five years yeah, looks right? like new? Now, I have to tell you here, Kirk did not offer to buy me one as a birthday present for my no. 400th birthday. No. Well, for your 400th, I might think about it when you get there. How about 71st birthday? Uh, I don't think so. All right, well. But it's true. There, there aren't many things that you buy that last that long. I mean, I've got stereo equipment that lasts a long time and speakers and, and that sort of stuff. Audio equipment is good because unless it's like an AV receiver, which actually has software, nothing changes and you don't need to worry about it. Um, I've got two desks that I had made nearly 15 years ago. They're basically oak tops with steel legs, and they were made by a furniture maker um, near the town I lived in at the time. These things will be here until I'm dead. I'll have my coffin made out of them. Um, well, at least they'll save you money on yeah, paying for yeah, your yeah. burial because you could just convert them to coffins. That's nice. Yeah. And and these desks, the desktop alone, I have one that's 200 centimeters long and one that's 160. I can barely lift the bigger one. It's like... It must be like 60 pounds. It's really heavy. It's, it's about two inches thick. And it was, it was certainly a good deal because I, I think the two desks cost even less than the Leap chair that I bought five years or 10 years later. Um, now, I have a computer table, kind of a wraparound computer table. Yeah. I bought it for $100 at Costco in 1993, just moving from New Jersey to Arizona. And I needed a computer table. So I bought this put it together, and occasionally you have to tighten it up. But still in pretty good shape, and we're talking now about, what, 23 years? Mm -hmm. On the other hand, I also have some Shure microphones I bought about 10 years ago for the radio show. They are in good shape. And I have a 2010 MacBook Pro 17-inch. We're talking about six years old. And it will still work with Mac OS Sierra. But that's almost as far back as you go because yeah. there are a couple of models from 2009. I mean, in the scheme of things, five or six years is good. For electronics, yeah. Well, for electronics and also... For computers, for, yeah. For, for support, operating system support. Well, I've got a TV that's five years old, and, and I don't expect that to die before at least 10 years. You know, uh, the lifespan for me... Uh, of a TV or an appliance, kitchen appliance, it should be at least 10 years. We have a $75 Sharp microwave, one of these carousel microwaves. Mm -hmm. It looks just about as good as new. It's probably in use three or four times a day for something, TV dinners or whatever, warming up something. We've had it for 10 years, I think. Yeah. So, no, it, it, it is a shame that, that electronic stuff these days doesn't necessarily have the same lifespan. But things like appliances, they should. I, I think the real problem comes whenever you've got something that has software or firmware that needs to be updated, that's when the problem comes. Because the company won't support it for very long because they want you to buy a new one. Now, over here in the UK, there is a consumer law that says that a company has to support a product at least six years. And if they don't, you can actually get a refund. Tell me more. California also has 
some laws with regard to product longevity that are different from the rest of the states. Yeah. So here, I know, for instance, there there are several um, elements in this law. One of them is that if you have something that's less than six months old, has been repaired, and and hasn't been fixed, you can get a refund. And I had this with an amplifier I bought last year. About five months after I bought it, um, I was using it with AirPlay, so I was streaming music to it, and the AirPlay stopped working. And no matter what I did, even after the help of the company's tech support, um, it wouldn't work. So I went back to the company I bought it from. I had bought it from a, a company who sold it through Amazon. So it was a fulfilled by Amazon. And I said, you got to refund this to me. And they co- sort of said, no, 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 we can't. We'll fix it again and all that. And I said, you got to refund it to me. And it's the law. And they said, no, we don't want to. I emailed Amazon. They said, no problem. Here's your return label. Amazon knew what the law was, but this other company didn't. Amazon is good about that. They, they will often replace items long after the 30-day return period has expired. Yep. They want to keep your business, and they look at the short-term deficit as a long-term gain, which a lot of companies do not do. Amazon is always looking at the long haul, the big picture, because how often has Amazon made a decent profit? Not that often. Yeah. No, they, they want you to be the person who thinks, I need to buy this, I'm going to get it from Amazon. And and I have to say, I'm like that because we're in an area we don't have any big department stores or anything. Um, so for most things that I need, it's easier to order on Amazon. It's cheaper to order on Amazon. I think that's one of the reasons why Amazon stays in business because at the end of the day, they give you good customer service. Now, it's not Always easy, because if you want to call them, they have to call you. That's how it works here. But Apple is doing that now. You set up a call, and they call you back. But they call pretty quickly over here. Yeah, the call is instantaneous. You get a voice message saying, please stand by, this is Amazon, or something like that. I'm not going to quote it directly. And someone will be with you shortly. The same thing happens with Apple. Apple takes a very similar approach. You set up a call online at Apple Support Center. Sometimes you can do a chat. It depends. But either way, it's pretty good customer service. And even though Amazon may not make huge profits, they obviously have great cash flow and obviously they have pretty good things. Except that I am one zip code beyond their one-day Amazon Prime delivery limit. So if I move, and I have to move because the landlord sold this place... If I move a little closer, I will be able to get one-day delivery with Amazon Prime. And they also have groceries, you know. Amazon's now selling groceries. And the supermarkets, some of them are delivering. I think Albertsons is one that delivers out here. And Walmart out here, what they do is they don't deliver, but what they will do is they will shop for you. They will basically set up, go out and pick the items that you want and bring them to your car. You don't have to do anything anymore. You can just get lazy and fat. We have Kirk McElhern with Gene Steinberg on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap. But not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. 
You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sights on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. As a doctor, I see patients every day who are losing their vision to age-related macular degeneration, also known as AMD. If you have blurry vision or blind spots, they can be symptoms of AMD, and if untreated, could lead to blindness. The good news? AMD can be managed with effective clinically approved treatments that may reverse some vision loss. For free AMD information, contact the Foundation Fighting Blindness at 1-800-BLINDNESS. That's 1-800-BLINDNESS. There is a cure in sight. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Anyway, let's get past Amazon and bad Regency chairs. You notice Regency will never advertise on the show. I have to tell you. Because we have burned every bridge possible. <laughs> I never heard of the company before. Doesn't matter anymore. If they keep doing things like that, I don't think they're going to be in business very long. But what do I know? Okay, so Thursday of this week, Apple made it possible for at least a million or maybe more public beta testers to go and get the Mac OS Sierra and iOS 10 public betas. Of course, Kirk and I have been running that stuff for a while. What do you think about so far? Pretty good shape? You know, over the years, as you said, we've been running these for a while and we've been doing this for years. When the first betas come out, often it's called the developer preview. And like all intelligent computer users, we install these things on an external hard drive or on an iOS device that we don't need, like not on our iPhone or iPad that we use regularly. And... In the past, these betas, the early betas, were generally pretty flaky. You'd see things in the interface, maybe text that weren't aligned right, or windows that didn't display correctly. And I'm very surprised that the Sierra betas, it's the public beta now, I I think it's the third developer preview. Second. Second, yeah, it's only the second. And it looks really finished and, and clean. It doesn't have that sort of problem that we're used to in older in previous betas. And the iOS beta, I've got that on an iPod Touch, and I haven't used it very much, but it too seems to work quite well. 
it seems like these betas are well advanced. On the other hand, there's not that big a difference between Sierra and Yosemite, so there's not that much that changed that needs to be changed, if you get what I mean. Well, just to be very specific there, it looks about the same, but you've got Siri and you've got some features that don't change the look and the feel all that much. You have additional multitasking capabilities and tabbing and such. But again, if you look at the list, very interesting, but they did it in a way that the look doesn't change that much. Now, here's my setup. I have Sierra running on a second partition of my iMac. Right. Okay. Now, I'm not going to try the new Apple file system because it's not ready. It doesn't support Fusion drives. It's not ready, and I wouldn't dare play with a file system because if something goes wrong, your entire hard drive is toast. I'll wait till it's finally released, which is next year. And we already talked about that in our previous segment with John Martellaro about the new file system. So that's how I have it set up my iMac. On my iPhone 6, I just installed it. The first developer beta, because I could restore it. That's risky. No, it's not. I can restore the thing to its last OS revision. It's not like a big deal. I've done it before. Can you? It takes about a half hour. So I don't care. I have nothing to lose on there. So I did it. The first developer release was pretty flaky. And text alignment was... For iOS, you mean? For iOS 10, text alignment was pretty flaky in some instances. So I use email from Polaris Mail. And they send you a list on the schedule you prefer of spam that was caught by the system. There is a spam folder, but this gives you the option of flagging stuff that's a false positive and very easily having it delivered and whitelisted automatically. But the list, the alignment of the text would be all screwed up. That's fixed. And as far as I'm concerned, I've been using the iOS 10 beta, now the second one, and I have no real complaints. All my apps are running properly. I can send and receive email. I can go online and do my thing. So I think in terms of a beta, this is pretty darn good. It really is. Okay. I wouldn't do that on my iPhone. I wouldn't take the risk. But again, you know, for my laptop, it's just a, I have an external SSD. So it's really easy. It's fast enough. And... That in the past, I had a regular hard drive. I bought an SSD for this uh, beta campaign. It, it's really easy. Like you have it on a separate partition, you just switch from one to the other. It's really easy. But for an iPhone, you don't have that option. I, I don't recommend to listeners of the show to do that. No, You're but you have to be prepared to first back up to iTunes or the cloud your stuff. All right. That's the first thing you want to do. All right. That's the first thing is make sure that this is what's done. The second thing you want to do is be prepared that you may have to spend a half hour or so restoring your iPhone if you take this move. On the other hand, as you say, it's in pretty good shape. Yeah. No, I'm 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 impressed that uh, I think it was two or three betas ago when it was really a mess for a while. But this time, it's I could almost – my 12-inch MacBook is my second computer. I use it for testing. And the only reason I can't really install it now is anything that I'm going to write between now and the release of Sierra, 
I may need screenshots and I often do them on my MacBook because I can set up things in a certain way that's different from the way I work. Um, and, and I can't use screenshots in, in an article for an operating system that's not yet released. So I really can't set it up on my laptop now and move over to it. I will when the gold master comes out, but not before that. Now I understand here, and we have to make sure this is understood that we're talking here about something that's not final. So if you, even if you're writing a book like you're doing or someone like a Bob Levitis does, the initial beta releases may be mostly functional, fairly close to the final release as far as look and feel, but quite often you have to redo all your screenshots if you even do it, as yeah. I have. Yeah. I've had situations there where I have, what, 10, 20 screenshots per chapter and they make some artistic changes in interface on the last couple of releases before it goes final. And suddenly all that work you did, you have to do again. Maybe steps that are done for particular functions may change slightly as they get feedback from developers. Now, I am hopeful here, more so than in 2014 and 2015, when we had the first two years of public beta, that Apple is paying much more attention to the needs of the public and their feedback. Because I get the impression they weren't really paying as much attention. As you say, the state of these releases is better. The first developer beta, flaky. The second one, which is on which the public beta is based, they're pretty decent shape. And now we're seeing like... Well, the, the difference is that these are public betas and they it was almost acceptable to release a beta that was nowhere near finished to developers or, you know, people like us, but for the public, for public betas, it's just not, even though it's very clear that these are betas and they're not finished, it would just be bad for Apple's reputation if they were a real mess. You see, that's the danger too here, because even though they're public betas, people look at them as potential final releases yeah. Oh, my, it looks okay to me. I'll just play with it. And suddenly something crashes, an application will not run, a document gets corrupted or something. So Apple has to be careful. And therefore, maybe they started development of Sierra and iOS 10 earlier to allow the public betas to be in better shape. Because we're still about two and a half months from the final release of iOS 10 and maybe as close to three months for Mac OS Sierra. Now, as far as Mac OS Sierra is concerned, I think also it's in less stable condition. I'm not unhappy by my decision to make my iPhone stay with it because it is in pretty good shape. I don't think that Sierra is quite that way yet. But you were telling me... Yeah, I haven't done enough with it. Um, I've just fudged around with a few things. Um, I've notably looked at iTunes because the new Apple Music is available um, through the beta. Um, the, 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 the layout, the display of Apple Music, the organization has changed a lot. And so I wanted to look at that. Um, I haven't really looked, you know, I haven't used all the apps. So my, my use so far has been quite limited. But I haven't had any problems. I haven't seen anything crash. I haven't seen anything freeze. Um, nothing hasn't worked the way I expected. We have Kirk McElhern with Gene Steinberg. This is the Tech Night Out Live. 
As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free, one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. This is an alert. If your business or church is building this year, you're about to pay more than you should. This could mean thousands of dollars more for your office, retail space, church, or warehouse. A general steel building can save you as much as half the cost and time of similar conventional construction. And we're offering rebates of up to $20,000 to help you build today. Call General Steel for free information that could save you thousands. Call 866-91-STEEL. 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 I'm Nick Soboleski, a select quote agent with a true story that could save you hundreds of dollars a year. A woman named Linda just called. Her husband, Ray, has a $300,000 group life insurance policy, but is changing jobs and can't take it with him. Well, I impartially shot the highly rated term life insurance companies we represent and found Ray, who is 41 and takes medication to control his cholesterol, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $26 a month. That's almost twice the coverage for less than half of what he had paid. If SelectQuote hasn't shopped for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 1-800-403-4885. That's 1-800-403-4885. 1-800-403-4885. Or go to SelectQuote.com. We shop. You save. Get full details on the example policy at slowquote.com slash commercials. Your price can vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. 
Are you retired or facing retirement and you're afraid your income is going to be less than you'd like? I'm Pharmacist Keith. Dr. Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy, and I want to show you a low-cost way to create your own business, working around your current schedule, creating extra income that will last for years to come by joining Dr. Wallach's crusade, spreading his message of better health. To learn more, visit radio.recordedvideo.com. That's radio.recordedvideo.com, radio.recordedvideo.com, or call 866-257-3105 for a recorded message. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. Now, we're already seeing that app developers for macOS Sierra are getting into the act and producing updated versions. Like, for example, there's a preliminary update for Audio Hijack with support for macOS Sierra. And that's really important because if I decide, as I will probably after another release or two, to make the effort, and I have backups, by the way, so I'm not as stupid as I sound, to actually make this my full-time operating system, I know I can do these radio shows. Because yeah. that's the most important so thing. A- that's the most important thing because Audio Hijack is doing a lot of very, very fancy stuff with the operating system to create magic. It is. And, and this is one of the, the biggest problems with beta software. Um, it's, it's a problem for developers because they can't be supporting this beta software. They're, they're making their apps in such a way that they work with the current release software. And they can't be expected to support... Um, an operating system that's in beta. There are some developers who do their best to get their software compatible, but there's nothing to say that any app that's compatible today will be incompatible with the next release. And it's really hard for developers now with the public beta to have to sort of kind of support the public beta to, to make sure their apps work, whereas it's not their job. I mean, there are so many more people now using this beta software because it's extended to the public that it makes things difficult for app developers. So kudos to those developers and particularly Rogue Amoeba who makes Audio Hijack and, and other developers who brought the compatibility to their apps, but it's really hard for them. It's a lot of work. It's tough. They need to stay on the ball and, you know, something could change overnight with the next release. And all of a sudden you're the app that you depend on won't work. And just looking at Rogue Amoeba's site, Mac, OS Sierra compatibility, as of course the current betas, audio hijack, fission, make iPhone ringtone, Pong saver, and line in are listed as fully compatible. I mean, with the current betas, it could change. There are several others that are partly compatible, like NiceCast, it sets up an online radio station, and Airfoil that are partly compatible, and something called Loopback, which is not yet ready. But it sounds to me like they're working like busy bees to prepare to make sure these are working. I guess they're considering the fact that we now have at least a million or possibly more Mac users getting this stuff. One of the purposes of, of, a, of a beta of an operating system is so developers can have their software ready on the day that the operating system is released. In fact, that was the original reason. It was never for the public before. It was either for developers 
or you know writers, journalists, and and people who are writing about a new operating system before it's released. Um, so the the task for developers has always been. Okay, here's the first release. We test all our software. Does it work? If it doesn't, we know, we know what we need to fix. And that way, as the subsequent beta releases come out, developers can tweak their software to make sure that day and date, um, their software is compatible. But there are a lot of big software companies that don't necessarily make their software compatible on release date. And this can be a problem. I doubt that this is a problem with Microsoft anymore, but I believe there was a time some years ago when Microsoft Office wasn't compatible right away or you know like adobe what's now the creative cloud you know photoshop and illustrator and things like that but now that all software is delivered digitally uh users expect to have compatible software on the day of the update my friend rob griffiths has a lost raid device it has five four terabyte hard drives in it when yosemite came out lassi hadn't updated their drivers and i think it took them a month to do it now I believe it still worked. There was always the risk that something would happen. And with something as important as a driver for a storage device, that's really problematic. Absolutely. This is another reason to be very cautious in what you do. Because maybe a normal Mac with a normal drive will probably mostly work. But as soon as you get something a little exotic, like a RAID system or something, all bets are off. You never know. I think anything that needs a driver or an extension to run, you need to be careful about. And and this also applies to when the operating system is finally released. And, and of course, this is a both a problem on the Mac and on iOS. You should really check if all your mission-critical apps are updated to work with the operating system. If it turns out that you know you need a specific app to work on your Mac, you update to Sierra and you find that app isn't compatible, then you may not be able to work. So it really behooves users to check all the apps that they really depend on to make sure they're compatible. And anything that does something more than just opening and editing and preparing documents, any app might have a problem, especially Microsoft, yeah. because Microsoft does funky things. But what Apple has done with the public beta program is they forced developers to do something really quick to get their products ready to really work on it because suddenly you have 1 million or more and apple hasn't specified numbers i think anybody with a with a pulse can download these public betas now you have a million or more users of ios and macs that suddenly are running the betas even though they may be read in about the cautions they expect their apps to run. Yeah, I, I think Apple, when they first announced the beta program, um, it was limited to 1 million users. I don't know if that's the case anymore. I think it's anyone with a pulse. Okay. But this, you see the thing here. Suddenly, we'd have a situation in the past where the new operating system comes out and the public starts downloading. And now developers will get with their updates, maybe just before it's released or shortly thereafter, as people are adapting to the new operating system and making that decision. But suddenly, it's thrust upon the public. Here is the public beta of the new Mac or iOS operating systems. Suddenly, we have that million-plus user base, not every one of which is necessarily aware of the cautions that have to be applied. And developers can't wait anymore they have to work real hard at the beginning to make sure they identify what's wrong 
work with the Apple developer program if necessary, but do the things that will require them to make their stuff compatible. They can't be high and mighty about it. They can't wait figuring it's going to be a while before the public gets this release. It's going to be two weeks after the developers get it. Well, again, as I said before, now that software is digital, it becomes more of a problem. Before, you would just know that when you needed to get floppy disks or a CD or a DVD to update your software, that it would take a while because you have the production time. Uh, a, a developer would have to press the, the CD or the DVD or whatever and get that out and get it to stores or send it to users who bought directly. And that took time. So you would know that when an operating system came out, it might be a month or two before your 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 favorite software comes out. Now with digital, it's much harder for developers. They need to act much more quickly. Well, again, it forces developers, especially the high and mighty ones, the big developers like a Microsoft that would sometimes take their sweet time to make it compatible. And now the way the business is working Microsoft is more interested in making sure their products work with other operating systems and platforms. We've got Kirk McElhern. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. You know about RVs, you've heard about bunkers, but surviving is not recreation, and man wasn't made to live underground. Introducing Survivalist Camps, the ultimate fully functional off-the-grid survival bug-out house that's mobile, well-equipped, and custom-built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Go to survivalistcamps.com to learn more. That's survivalistcamps.com, providing your basic needs to survive. Survivalistcamps.com. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Dangerous blood clot device alert. If you or a loved one had an IVC filter placed to prevent blood clots from traveling to your heart or lungs and suffered an injury, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. The FDA warns that IVC filters may cause serious complications, such as heart or lung damage, internal bleeding, and even death. These dangerous blood clot devices can break, and the metal fragments can travel to your heart or lungs, causing serious injuries. If you or a loved one suffered organ damage or other injuries, from an IVC filter, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Act now. Time is limited to file a claim. For a free consultation and free information, call Injury Help Desk at 800-478-1507. 800-478-1507. 800-478-1507. This is an advertisement. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. InjuryHelpDesk.com is responsible for this advertisement. Principal Office, Las Vegas, Nevada. Did you know that a dirty CPAP system can make you sick? If you knew what could be growing in your mask and hose, you might not sleep so well. But now, SoClean.com has released the world's first and only automated CPAP cleaner and sanitizer. It kills 99.9% of all CPAP germs, and it's completely hands-free. 
For a limited time, you can try SoClean risk-free for 30 days. Just call 1-800-952-2797. SoClean changed the CPAP experience for the better. My health has improved. It's simple to use, and I'm not worried about infections. SoClean destroys CPAP bacteria, viruses, and germs, and it eliminates the daily hassle of washing your system by hand. There's no water, chemicals, or disassembly. Just pop in your mask, close the lid, and presto, your CPAP system is clean and fresh in minutes. Call SoClean.com to try it risk-free at home for 30 days. This is a limited-time offer, only available by calling 1-800-952-2797. That's 1-800-952-2797. Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich, working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? Do you hate spending hundreds of dollars every week on daycare, having someone else raise your children? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life. At Be The Boss Network, you'll find hundreds of work-from-home opportunities that you can literally start today and be earning money as soon as next week. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss. Get out of the rat race. Work from home. Go to freedom106.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom, the number 106.com. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You be the boss. Go to freedom106.com. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. So speaking of Mac OS Sierra and iOS 10, you have a column over at Kirkville, the famous Kirkville, entitled Two Useful New Preferences in the Mac OS Sierra Finder. And before you start, isn't it nice that we no longer have to talk about OS ten or OS X anymore? It's just going to be plain. It was never OS X. It was always OS ten. Right, um, but we was... have people who did it differently. Yeah, but that's their problem. There were people who did it wrong, sure. And I say in the article that I'm not going to write a whole lot of stuff about these beta operating systems, but but I will mention some of the small things I find. And there are two preferences for the Finder and Sierra, which are interesting. The first one is remove items for the trash after 30 days. Now, I know a lot of people put stuff in the trash and never empty the trash. So this means that they use up space on their Macs because they've, I don't know, downloaded installers and they've put them in the trash but not deleted them and, you know, downloaded all sorts of files. This will delete them after 30 days. So I'm assuming any file that's 30 days old gets deleted, but any file that's 29 days old stays in the trash. Now, this is a good feature, but it would be better if there were other choices. Um, The same way that you have in mail that can delete messages in the trash folder, um, I believe it's on quit after a day, a week, or whatever. Uh, I think more choices would be better. And the second one is actually a lot more useful. It is keep folders on top when sorting by name. Now, if you've got a a folder that has both files and folders in it, and you sort by name, they're all mixed up. But you may want to see the folders more quickly because you know that the folders have more files in them. So this preference will put all the folders on top in alphabetical order when you're sorting by name, and then all the documents in alphabetical order. 
I think for anyone who keeps a lot of files and folders in folders, this will be a useful option. It's something that I'm going to put on by default. All this good stuff. You see, a lot of these features are not things that are front-facing in a way that people will look at it and say, gee whiz, except for the crazy formatting you can do in messages. But everything else, it's not going to be super obvious what these features are. Well, there are always a lot of little features in a new operating system, a lot of little tweaks. They're, they're often the most useful things because, sure, Siri's interesting, but something like this will make your life a little bit better when you're working with files, which is really something quite important. Maybe not for everyone, but for most people. What about Mac OS Sierra, considering it's a beta, don't you like? Maybe is a wasted feature, a waste of your time. Other than uh, Siri. I really Siri, think. I can't see a purpose for Siri yet on a Mac. Although I realize some people love it. Well, I actually used Siri this morning. Um, Would you like an applause or a medal? Well, I, I don't use Siri very much on my iPhones. Um, I used Siri this morning to open an app. Now, usually I open, I would say, almost all my apps using LaunchBar. LaunchBar, you press like command space, type a few letters of the name of an app, press return, boom, you got your app open. I haven't yet installed LaunchBar on my um, Sierra installation. I'm not sure if it's compatible yet. I haven't checked. And... I needed to open an app and rather than drill down, so I was I wanted to open the console app, which is in the utilities folder that's in the applications folder. So rather than click six times to get there, I just figured, hey, let me try Siri. And I said, open console. So Siri first showed open cancel and then it corrected it to console and then it opened the app. So I found that quite efficient that it actually worked. I'm not a big fan of Siri in general because again, I don't find that it works that well, but this worked? Yeah, it worked. It was useful. So you can use it to open apps. Um, that's probably one of the simplest things you can do. You might want to go into the Siri preferences. So there are a number of ways you can invoke Siri. One is um, there's a menu bar icon and you click that. Another is there's a dock icon. You can click that. But if you go into the Siri pane of system preferences, no, it's not the Siri pane. Wherever the Siri preferences are in system preferences, you can check to have an uh, a keyboard shortcut, which by default is function space. So the little FN key on the far left side of the keyboard in space. And that pops up the Siri dialogue and turns the microphone on right away. I've tried it. Sometimes it doesn't quite work. Again, I just have to reorient my workflow to make it work. Now, I work with a small number of very specific functional apps. And possibly by the time we get the next public beta or developer beta, which will be two or three weeks hence, I think I'll start moving towards Sierra, as I am right now with iOS 10. You think I'm crazy, but I'm crazy. In I think you're crazy. Way. I think you're brave, but I think you're crazy. Everybody thinks I'm crazy. Well, you know. There you go. Everyone thinks proof, I'm crazy. Proof so of the pudding, right? Hey, everybody thinks I'm crazy, so therefore, maybe I am. That's how it goes. But forgetting the craziness for a moment, I had an exit strategy. That's the key here if you're running this beta stuff. Have an exit strategy. So for my Mac, it's on another partition. On the other hand, if something really bad goes wrong, I have a carbon copy cloner backup. I have a time machine backup. And I also have 
an online backup. So there are three backups there. So if something goes wrong, I have to wipe the entire drive and start from scratch. All right, it's going to take a couple of three hours at the minimum to restore everything. But I can do yeah, it. Yeah, but it's not the end of the world. You can do it. It's um, not the end of the world. So knowing that, there's a point where I'll make it my full-time operating system. With Yosemite, I think it was maybe by the middle or latter part of July, like six, eight weeks before it officially came out. Yeah, uh, I, I move I move permanently when the Gold Master comes out, not before then. But you could do what I did. I bought uh, an SSD and a USB 3 enclosure, and it's fast enough to run. It's slightly slower than using the internal SSD on my MacBook, but it's more than fast enough to run like that all the time. And this way, you've got the speed of the SSD and, and an operating system is running fast enough, but you've still got the security that you can just switch back and restart in your older OS. I mean, you, you said you were doing it on a separate partition. That's another way that's always uh, just as fast as well. Well, not quite because the Fusion drive doesn't recognize the second partition. Oh, right. Yeah, you have a Fusion drive. I, I mean, an external, um, I, I think it was 20 pounds for the enclosure and 50 or 60 pounds for the SSD. The, the price has really gone down. I just got a 256 um, gigabyte SSD. So it's not that expensive. And it really makes things easier. In in the past, I was using external hard drives. And of course, they're pretty slow because any of those small portable hard drives that you can put in a small enclosure, they're only 5,400 RPM. So they're not very fast. Um, but now with the SSD, it's it's I'm comfortable running it. I think with my situation, I need a 512. I don't know what those it, cost. It, perhaps, yeah. Perhaps a 512. And, you know, if someone wants to donate one, <laughs> maybe we'll see if someone wants to donate a 512 in an external case for USB 3. We'll see. Well, you know, I don't want to pitch for things like that. But, you know, I understand that the key is you have an exit strategy if you do it. As I said, with my iPhone, I'm comfortable where it was. I wasn't as comfortable with the first beta. Let's look at iOS 10 briefly. Okay. What about iOS 10 impresses you, if anything? Uh, I really haven't looked at it much. Um, I, I do like the way notifications display on the lock screen. I know that's really unimportant in the broader scheme of things. Um, Explain this to people because this is something they're not seeing unless they go to Apple's site or look at the articles on the site. Yeah, so I'd need a notification, wouldn't I, to be able to do this? Um, I, I'm looking on my iPod Touch. I have no notifications, and I don't know how to generate a notification. We um, have Kirk McElhern trying to notify himself. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Here's something we want to notify you about. listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. The award-winning Graphic Converter 10, the universal genius for photo editing apps on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for the Swiss Army Knife app. It gives you all the features that you expect, and most important, 
It's easy to use. You can get it for just $39.95 from www.lemkesoft.com. That's www.lemkesoft.com. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. You know about RVs, you've heard about bunkers, but surviving is not recreation, and man wasn't made to live underground. Introducing Survivalist Camps, the ultimate fully functional off-the-grid survival bug-out house that's mobile, well-equipped, and custom-built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Go to survivalistcamps.com to learn more. That's survivalistcamps.com, providing your basic needs to survive. Survivalistcamps.com. Worried about lead, fluoride, and other contaminants in your drinking water? Get a ProPure with the Pro1G 2.0 cleanable reusable filter and remove up to 200 contaminants. Drink water the way nature meant it to be. Clean, crisp, and refreshing. See the complete line of ProPure products, including the new ProMax shower filter. There's a ProPure for you. Visit your authorized ProPure dealer for details or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Guys, are you tired of being tired, frustrated because it seems impossible to lose belly fat? If you're looking for a solution, then listen to Mark. I had fantastic results with the Andro 400 Max. Probably lost 35 pounds, and more impressive than that was the inches I lost off of my belly and my waist. And the increased energy is is fantastic. I'll be totally honest, I tried a different product, and I wasn't happy with the different product. You guys are considerably cheaper than the other brand, and I can really feel the difference. Andro 400 Max, the extra-strength, all-natural testosterone booster. The safe, easy, and affordable way to gain energy and lose stubborn belly fat. Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. Feel and look like a new man. Go to andro400.com or call 888-400-0435. 888-400-0435. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. 
We have Kirk McElhern for one more segment of the Tech Night Out Live. We're talking about iOS 10 and Mac OS Sierra, and he's pointing out to the fact that he likes the way the notifications are. Now, in the past, the notifications were white lettering on black, like a long strip of notifications. Now, each one is like a separate object or widget. Yeah, it's so it's black on white. It's more readable. It's a sort of a translucent white that comes over the display. It's more readable, and you can act on notifications more easily. With iOS 9, you can swipe, but it depends on the notification. I don't like that much long streams of text in white on black. So what we're seeing now, though, is black on gray. And it's eminently readable and more flexible. You also have adjustable widgets, which is an idea that came from Android, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, I don't use widgets at all. Yeah, I'm looking at widgets now. I have the weather for Mesa, Arizona, where it's 97 degrees as we're doing this show. Oh, wow. All right, 97 degrees. Then it has the news, the top stories of the day. I won't get into that. And then it has up next, which has nothing there. No, now it says what's news. up next, an alarm set for tomorrow at 7.15. Siri app suggestions and another news source with more stories. Maps destinations. It tells me my car is parked 350 feet away, but it's wrong. It's probably less than 100 feet away because it's out in the driveway. Ah, okay. So it's made a mistake. Look at that. Okay, it made a mistake. Well, and then Apple's stock price is actually a wee bit higher than it's been. And then there's an option at the bottom called Edit, where you could move around your widgets, choose which ones you want. And I think it works fine. I think it does. I am happier with this than I was with the previous operating system. And for most of you, other than the notifications and a handful of other things, you won't see the forward-facing features that much that quickly. So you have very little to learn, which is good. So in iOS 9, your widgets and notifications are two tabs on the same screen. And in iOS 10, you get your notifications when you swipe down and you get your widgets when you swipe to the right. So they're separate. I always found it useless to have to switch tabs on that screen. And so I don't use any widgets. But actually, now that I'm looking at it, I may use these in the future because they're an awful lot more practical. They're easier to get to. It's good that Apple thinks about stuff like that. Because, you know, with other platforms like Android, assuming, you know, three, four people will even be able to download the new release when it comes out, because that's almost impossible. Sometimes they add features that change a lot of things where you have to relearn, or they add features which you have no interest in. That's pretty silly. They don't think about this stuff. It looks like Apple certainly sweats the details more, as they've always done. And amid complaints that the quality of the operating systems has diminished in recent years, and I think partly it's because more people are using them, and they see things, I'm happier to see that things are getting a little bit better. The reliability is getting better, and if you have early beta releases where you can actually do work, that's pretty good. But don't try it on my recommendation. I warn you, don't. Yeah, be careful about it because this is a big step. And, and I know a number of people who aren't developers or journalists who installed the betas and they just have these little problems. And if you're depending on your email, you're depending on your messages or whatever, and they stop working, then while you said it's not that long to get it back, it's only not that long to get your iPhone back if you're at home and you can get it back right away. If you're out and 
at work or traveling or something, then it's not that simple. So be cautious about that. I was willing to take the chance. And the reason I was willing to take the chance is because I'm not traveling anywhere. That's going to be a serious impediment to me not having the iPhone in my hands for a couple of hours. By the time I get home, yeah, we work at home, so so in general, it's it's okay. But even if you happen to go out and do some shopping and you need maps and your calendar or your your grocery list or whatever, and it fails, then you're still stuck. Of course, that's the same if it fails in normal usage with a regular operating system. So, right again, be careful. Have a backup plan. If you have extra equipment, you have an older Mac that's still compatible with Mac OS Sierra. If you have an older iPhone. If you have, like my wife's iPhone, she doesn't use it that much. It'll sit in her purse for two, three weeks at a time. She doesn't use it that much. So if I say, can I have this to be the guinea pig, she doesn't care. As long as it works when she needs it again. So there are those advantages. Yep. It's a risk, but I kind of think most people don't need to do this. You really only need to do this if you're a fanatic and you really want to see the greatest new features right away. Again, for us, it's it's our business, so we do need this. Exactly, and we are fanatics. We don't get big bucks to be fanatics. Well, we are, otherwise we wouldn't be doing this work, right? Well, I'm doing this radio show, and I have to be a fanatic because I know there are people out there, and I won't comment on the level of their talent, but they're making $20 million a year. I don't want people to feel I am jealous because I'm not making $20 million a year. But it would be nice. You wouldn't mind it. No, I wouldn't wouldn't, mind. Sure, look, just think of it this way. If I made $20 million, I will promise because I like Kirk McElhern, I will find a way to pay him for being an occasional co-host on this radio show. That's very nice of you, Gene. Because I think he's a good guy. I will make that promise publicly. I think he's one of the good guys, has always been. And if I had the chance, I would reward him for being a good guy because there are people out there who make a lot of money. And I don't know. They don't care about people. They forget. And I don't want to say we shouldn't be rich because there's some wonderful people who have made the money in different businesses, regular business, show business, who haven't forgotten who they were and where they came from. And their daddies didn't throw them a couple of million dollars to take over their real estate business and help them out. We're talking about regular people. Now you get into politics here. Yeah. Oh, I didn't mean to. Did I ever mention, did did I ever tell you that I grew up about two blocks from where that he who shall not be named lived? So what did you do? You have to bow in his direction every day to allow you to stay in that neighborhood? Nah, back then he was a nobody. His father was a well-known real estate developer, but he was a nobody. The first house he lived in was two blocks from where I was, and then he moved a few blocks away um, to a what was a pretty big house um, in the in the neighborhood at the time. You know, people knew that family lived there. Um, there were actually two well-known families, and obviously we're talking about um, Trump, and there were two well-known families. To the west of me was the Trump family, and to the east of me was the Cuomo family, which has had two governors of New York State. Hey, you know what? This could be a whole show in itself, but we have to go. Kirk okay. McElhern, I'm glad that you grew up near rich people. I grew up in Brooklyn, New York. Nobody was rich there. The place I grew up, I guess between the time I was maybe in the first grade through the fifth or sixth grade, 102 Newport Street, Brooklyn, New York, look it up. The place is still 
there and it doesn't look bad at all. I think it'd be a wreck. They must have rebuilt the place. It's a four-family house. Kirk McElhern, please tell our listeners where we can find more of your stuff. You can find me on my website, Kirkville. It's at www.mackelhern.com. That's M-C-E-L-H-E-A-R-N.com. You can check out my recently new podcast about music called The Next Track. Um, together with Doug Adams, we talk about the way people listen to music today. It's at thenexttrack.com. And you can find me at Macworld, where I write about iTunes and plenty of other things. You can find us on Twitter. Look for Tech Night Owl on Twitter. Also, you can check out our special paranormal radio show called The Paracast. All right? And this week, we've got a guy named Grant Cameron. And Grant Cameron is a guy who is interested in what the presidents know about UFOs, ET politics. And we're going to talk about a book called The Clinton UFO Storybook. Hillary says she's going to look into UFOs. She said that if she's elected president. Paracast.com, Paracast.com. Check out our premium service, Tech Night Owl Plus at plus.technightowl.com, P-L-U-S.technightowl.com. We offer the commercial-free version of this show, better quality audio for a modest subscription fee, a good way to support the show, plus.technightowl.com. Kirk McElhern, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live. Thanks for having me once again, Gene. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.